Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And if you'll join me in Isaiah 26, we are going to talk about how we guard our peace. It is one of the most important things. I say one because there are, are vital applications of, of maintaining spiritual strength. We talked about the joy, employing our joy, maintaining our joy this morning. This, I think, is one of the other on the same level of importance in my in my experience in walking in the Word because uh, a lack of peace, a violation of peace, which can be anxiety, it can be fear, it can be worry, it can be uh, grief, it can be... Uh, wh- any number of destructive forces that come against us spiritually, they use emotional roads, uh, mental roads, uh, but they eventually find their way into our heart and drain us of spiritual energy. And so one of the ways that we maintain a force field, a safety, a protection against those is through the peace of God. Now, we're here in Isaiah 26, but I just want to remind us that peace is not something you have to wait to get. It is a fruit of your born-again spirit. The the presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart brings a supply of peace. So you have peace, a full supply. And in the same way that we discussed this morning, we need to cultivate joy We need to yield to the love of God. Those are both fruit of the Spirit that are available, flows of the Spirit that are available, but they are not automatic. We do have to yield to them. We do have to activate them. We have to choose to walk in love instead of choosing to respond out of our flesh. We have to choose to rejoice in the Lord instead of allowing the depression or the heaviness to continue and so in the same way we have to activate peace we have to choose peace we have a part to play in peace being in operation or not being in operation but it is always available it is always available Isaiah 26 we're here in verse 3 the scripture says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. You will keep him in perfect peace. The word perfect in this is uh, actually the word shalom, and the word peace is the word shalom. And we know from the, the teachings that we've done, and I've written a book called The Peace That Comes From Being Made Whole, the word shalom was a very integral part of the Hebrew culture. And they, they greeted each other. Like we would say, hello, they would say, how is your peace? How is your shalom? And when the um, 
servant of uh, Gehazi, the servant of the prophet of God, when he was sent to go uh, ask the woman, the Shunammite woman, who was on her way to get the prophet, Elisha, because her child had died, in that moment he said, I see the Shunammite, go find out how she's doing. And what did he say? How is your peace? Does your husband have peace? Does your son have peace? And she said, Shalom. That in the actual language, she said, peace. I have the peace of God. The King James says, it is well. But the original language says, shalom. I have peace. And so peace, the supernatural peace of God, peace is not a feeling. Peace is not an emotion. Peace is not an absence of chaos. We describe peace in that way. But peace is a force. A supernatural, the peace of God is a supernatural flow of God, a supernatural force of God that causes restoration. It will cause an absence of chaos. It will cause calmness. It will cause, but that's the result of it. In the same way that you can't see wind, you only see the trees blowing. You see what's moving as a result of that wind blowing. When, when peace is flowing, you see the calmness, you see the absence of chaos, but that in and of itself is not the peace. The peace is what caused the calmness. The peace is the flow of God, and it goes beyond just those two, two areas, calmness or lack of chaos. It is a supernatural flow that restores the peace of God will keep working until you have nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. That's the definition. The greatest way to define shalom is nothing missing, nothing broken. And so the, the peace of God is going to work until it brings that to pass. If you're allowing the flow of it, that's what it's doing. It's restoring. Amen. And so when we see this word, perfect peace... Shalom, shalom, we're talking about a completed state, a, 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 a full, completed condition of peace. He will keep you in perfect, well-developed, fully developed, fully completed peace. Now we find out our part, whose mind is stayed on thee, it's not just the mind. How do I keep my mind stayed on him? Because he trusts in thee. So the peace of God, which is a fruit of my spirit, I can activate it and have its flow by keeping my mind in line with the will of God, with the word of God, with God's faithfulness. As I'm trusting in God. So the mind to have perfect peace, to have peace operating in my mind, it will require that I discipline my thought life. That I have, that I, I maintain, that I obtain and maintain a stayed fixed thought life. Because as I said, those negative destructive forces... Worry, oppression, depression, they get in through the mind. They, for, for them to gain entrance, they have to get in with thoughts that 
provoke them, thoughts that activate those things. In the same way, if I will keep my mind stayed on him, then what he's placed in me can continually flow and I will have closed the door to the negative forces. We see an example of how they enter in in the life of Job. Job chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, So it was when the days of their feasting were gone about, Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. Speaking of his children. He rose up early in the morning and offered these offerings according uh, one for each of his children because it says this, for Job said, now if you say something, and this is Job said, not just one time because we know he did this uh, uh, continually, the end of the verse says, when you say something, the Bible according to Matthew chapter 12 says, that you're not just saying it out of your mouth. Where does it originate from? The heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if, if, if it's in your mouth, you need to watch what's in your mouth. You and I both. We, we are responsible to keep the, the monitor on. And if we hear something coming out of our mouth, ooh, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm going to override that with the right thing. I'm going to put the right thing in my mouth, and I'm going to override that. How do you overcome evil? With good. And so if you find yourself making a negative confession, a destructive de declaration, then you've got to overcome it with good. You've got to out-talk it. You can't just say, Lord, I, I, I command a crop failure on all those words I've, sa I've said. No, words have power. Those words are seeds. They've been planted. Choke them out by sowing the good. Yeah. Sowing the good. But Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. So he said this out of the abundance of his heart. And he did this continually. He did this continually. So a thought has come to him that has been in operation in his mind to the point that it's gotten in his heart and now in his mouth. We know from being faith builders, that's how we get the right thing to work. We meditate on the word of God from Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, if you'll meditate day and night on the word, that night and day, keeping the word in front of us, gets the word in our heart, and then out of the abundance of our heart, we begin declaring what God has spoken about us and we activate it. We put it into motion in our life by getting it in our heart through meditation, through meditating on that word, focusing on it. And in the same way, the enemy works to put the wrong things in your mind because he's trying to get it in your heart. He's putting it in the mind to get it in the heart. So we, we recognize that. We recognize that he is after that getting in my heart. Now in chapter 3 and verse 25 it says, Out of his own words, Job said, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, 
and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. The thing I greatly feared and the thing I was afraid of, they came to me. The Young's Living says, for I fear to fear and it meets me. And what I was afraid of does come to me. Well, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith draws to me, brings to me, activates in my life the things that I'm hoping for. Well, what is dread? Negative hope. Dread is hope in the wrong direction, the wrong thing. Dread is, is, is an expectation of evil, an expectation of failure, an expectation of going under, an expectation of trouble. And dread works like hope. Faith gives substance to things you hope for. The Knox translation says it that way. The Knox translation says, what is faith? Faith is that which gives substance to the things you're hoping for. Well, fear is that which gives substance to the things we dread. So don't dread. Don't dread. You have the option to refuse the activity of dread. But also notice what 26 says, 326. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet. Well, that tells us the condition that he was in. We saw from Isaiah 26, God keeps in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. He didn't have perfect peace, did he? He didn't even have a little semblance of peace. <laughs> he, he said, I didn't have any rest. I, was, I didn't have any quiet. I, didn't, I was not in safety. And wh so trouble came. Trouble came because he wasn't protected. He wasn't guarded. God will keep in perfect peace. Can you, do you believe God can do that for us? I believe he can. I believe God can keep our lives so that nothing is broken. In the days to come, in the days ahead, that we're not missing or broken in any area, that God can preserve us like he preserved the children of Israel under a lesser covenant with lesser promises. He kept them from the plagues. He kept them. He provided for them. He led them. He gave them a fire by night to keep them warm. He gave them a cloud by day to shade them from the hot, blistering sun. He brought water out of a rock under a lesser covenant. How much more can he keep us? In the covenant we have sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. The covenant that we have that is, is uh, the everlasting covenant. He can keep us. With our minds stayed on him. Why? Because we trust in him. We trust in him. Hallelujah. So we want to avoid what happened in Job's life by being people who are keeping our mind on the Lord and maintaining the protection of peace in our life. Let's see what Jesus says in John chapter 14. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. John 14, 
This begins a conversation Jesus has in the next few chapters. The conversation that he has over some of the most important changes and uh, details that they are going to need to know as he goes to the cross and pays the price and institutes the access to the Father through the new and the living way. He begins this conversation with this instruction. Let not your heart be troubled. Can you and I do that? Is that within our power? Are, are there things that happen to us that we have no other option than say, Lord, I couldn't help but be troubled about that. No, according to this scripture, in any situation, in every adversity, it is possible for us to maintain the condition of our heart and never, my family, never allow our heart to be moved over into that place. That was what Job said about the, the situation that he was in. He said, I did not have any rest. I was not quiet. I was not in safety. He was a troubled man. He was troubled about things that hadn't even happened. And the thing that he feared, he gave substance to through his fearing it. And it came to pass, and it wasn't God's will. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the best that God had for him. It was the devil at work. It was the enemy who found an open door, who found an access, he, a breach in the hedge. And the breach was caused when he was moving away from trusting in God and moving over here to a place of worry. So Jesus said, don't let it. Do not let your heart be troubled. If he said it, even if you don't feel like you can do it, if you just pull out John 14.1 and put it in your mouth and said, Lord, I'm obeying John 14.1. You told me not to let my heart be troubled. So, Father, I take the power in this instruction and I am a doer of John 14.1. I, be it unto me according to John 14, 1. I am not troubled. And your, your, your emotions may be screaming at you. You are a wreck. You're a mess. Nope. I am not troubled. I, my emotions are not me. My emotions don't run me. They don't dictate to me. I am a child of God. Bought by the blood of Jesus. A new creature in Christ. I am not troubled. Your hands might be shaken. You might be tossing and turning in the bed. But you hold your ground. You hold your ground. I'm not troubled. I am not troubled. And if you'll believe it and speak it, it will come to pass for you. The power is in John 14, 1 to calm your heart. To protect your heart. And your emotions will have to submit. Amen. That's what we've got to learn. Our, we, have to, we have to dominate our emotions. And tell them how it's going to be. It's going to be what the word of God has written. It's going to be what God has established for me. God said it's possible for me. And not only possible. It is a requirement. A requirement for me as a disciple of Christ Jesus. 
to not allow my heart to be troubled. Hallelujah. And again, we see it's connected to trust, believing. He said, you believe in God, believe in me. So how do we not let our, tr- our heart be troubled? Have faith in God. <laughs> believe in me. That's how we maintain the heart. Faith is a shield. It's not just for the receiving. That is one aspect of faith. But faith is a shield. And with the shield of faith, we are able to quench every flaming missile, every fiery dart of the enemy. We are able to quench them all. Believe in me and your heart won't be troubled. Believe in me. Don't let your heart be troubled. All you got to do is believe. Remember? Remember? He, the, they came and told Jairus, it's too late. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus, Jesus looked at him, heard what they said, looked at him and said, no, 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 no. Only believe. Only believe. He was not allowed to let his heart be troubled about the news that he had received. Jesus said, no, 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 don't let that trouble you. Don't let that enter in. Only believe. And if he, he kept his trust, he kept his believing. And as he, that shield of faith came up, shields up. Shield of faith came up. Okay, I know what they said. I know what the, the reality of my situation is, but I'm believing. I said if he would come and lay his hands on her, she would live. Regardless of what's happened in the meantime, I believe God. Hallelujah. So that's how we let our hearts be in this position of safety by refusing to be troubled. The word troubled, the definition of this word troubled in the, in the Greek language means distressed or agitated. Distressed or agitated. And I have found that little things... Some, sometimes there will be things that happen and, and it's almost like this, this underlying current of agitation and, and it would be a few minutes before I figured out, wait a minute, that's bothering me. Like I would get a phone call and they would say, you know, whatever, uh, uh, this happened and you need to pay an extra payment or whatever or this happened and, and you're going to need to replace this or whatever and I would get off the phone and I would think okay I got that okay not a problem and a few minutes later you know I'm, I'm slamming the pots and pans a little bit harder than I normally would I'm like what, what, what is bothering me uh, that phone call agitated me having to deal with that situation agitated me and my heart got troubled. It wasn't like a big blast of, of fear or a blast of, of, of worry. or tr- It was just slight. I had to start. That's included here. Agitated. Distressed. Don't let your heart be that. Look at same chapter, verse 27. Peace, Jesus said. Peace. I leave with you. Peace. These young men, these disciples that he's talking to, they knew what that word peace meant. Nothing missing, nothing broken. 
the peace that comes from being made whole, I'm leaving that peace with you. My peace. My peace. Was Jesus agitated? Was Jesus troubled? Was Jesus ever distressed? He said, I'm going to give you the same ability of peace that I've operated in. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. And again, he says this command, let not your heart be troubled, distressed, agitated, neither let it be afraid. So it's possible to never be afraid another day in your life. Never be afraid another day in your life. With the peace of Jesus in our heart, always available, I always have access to the peace of God. If it's not in manifestation, I've got to open the app. I've got to flip the switch. I've got to activate the peace. We're using that example of an app on your phone or your device. You can have that app and you, and you, there are probably apps on your phone you haven't even touched in months. Right? Like the calorie tracking app or something. You know, like I, hadn't t- I downloaded it and I was going to really do that one in January, but I haven't touched it in months. Right? Fit, fit tracker or whatever it is. Yeah. Ask me how I know. Come on, y'all. I'm just being real. Right? I hadn't touched it in months. But if I opened it up right now, it would work for me. And there are people who the peace has been in them this whole time, but they've been going from, from chaos to chaos, dramacidal situations, uh, because they've never opened their app of peace and said, no, no, no. We're going to activate peace here, and we're going to operate the peace that's available and in me. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Tribulation is a word that means difficulties, problems, stress, persecutions, pressure. Pressure? No problem. Why? Because I have the peace of God. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit available to me. So tribulation means stress, pressure, troubles, difficulties, persecutions. He said, you're going to have them. It's not a a negative confession. He said, you're going to have them, but they're not going to have you. If you'll operate in peace, I'm giving you my peace. I've spoken these things to you so that in me you might have nothing missing, nothing broken, the peace that comes from being made whole. In the world, you will have tribulation, stress, pressure, troubles, difficulties, persecutions. But what do you do? Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. The Weiss translation says, overcome the world with a permanent victory. Hallelujah. So be of good cheer. Why? Because in me, you're in me. In me, you have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but you're in me and you have peace. 
So be of good cheer because you're in me. Hallelujah. So he says, you're going, there will be tribulation in the world. There will be tribulation in the world. Say it out loud. There will be tribulation. But that doesn't mean I can't be in peace. Let me just give you some, some indicators of the power of our God. Psalm 34, 17. Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of some of their trouble. Oh, is that in your Bible? The Lord delivers them out of all. So be of good cheer. In the world you'll have tribulation, trouble, but the Lord will deliver you out of them all. Amen? Amen. So we don't have to worry about the trouble. Same chapter, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Don't stop. Don't stop there. Please keep going. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Go back to Psalm 27. Look at verse 1. 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isn't that what Romans is talking about when it says, Who will separate us? From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus is persecution, is tribulation, is distress, is peril going to separate me? No, God loves me. It says, the Lord is the strength of my life. If he's the strength behind me, who can I be afraid of? Same chapter, verse 3. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear though war should rise against me in this I will be confident hallelujah in what the Lord is my strength the Lord is my strength of whom shall I be afraid same chapter verse 6 and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy I will sing yea I will sing praises unto the Lord why because he's lifting my head up above my enemies around about me just because they're around me doesn't mean they've got me he's lifting me right up above it he's putting me over you're an overcomer by the word of your testimony I mean haven't you read that's you these are they which overcame. That's us. That's us. We're reading about, we're reading our story in advance. These are they which overcame him. Satan, the enemy, the adversary. These are they which overcame him by the blood of the land and the word of their testimony. Hallelujah. That's how he keeps us in peace. We trust in him. He gives us permanent victory. Permanent victory. Psalm chapter 30, verse 1. I will extol thee, O Lord, for you have lifted me up. 
And you have not made my foes to rejoice over me. You have lifted me up. And you have not allowed the enemy, my foes, to rejoice over me. Hallelujah. Psalm 18, 29. Psalm 18, 29. For by you, I have run through a troop. You've got to be bold to run through a troop all by yourself. Just, just run through that troop. Not running from them. Not trying to evade them. By you I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. Verse 31, for who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet. And sets me upon my high places. Have you ever watched Nat Geo and seen those uh, goats and those rams that can live on a cliff? They live on the cliff. I mean, they jump from one cliff to another cliff. I mean, with the big valley and with the big, big, deep, deep ravine underneath them. They're jumping confidently. They're not jumping and scrambling and holding on with their... No, they just jump and they're sure-footed. That's what it's talking about here. You make my feet like the hinds and set me upon my high places. I can jump confidently from one such... Other people think I am in a precarious position. They're like, oh my goodness, she's going to... No, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall because he is my strength. It's him who girds me. It's him who makes my way perfect. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. You also have given me the shield of your salvation. And your right hand has held me up. And your gentleness has made me great. You have enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. So Jesus said, in this world, you'll have tribulations. You'll have pressure. You'll have trouble. But if you know God, if you'll trust in God, if you'll keep your mind stayed on him, this is how he keeps you. You're going to have trouble. But that trouble's never going to gain the advantage if we maintain our peace. If we keep our mind stayed on Him, He can keep us in all these ways, making our feet like hinds feet. He can keep us by teaching our hands to war. He can teach us by His shield of salvation, by His right hand holding us up, by Him strengthening us. That's how He keeps us in perfect peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. You never have to look around and say, where did he go? God, where are you? 
I'm right here. I'm right here. I am your present help. If you ever find yourself in trouble, in this world you'll have tribulation, but I'm right here. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am your rear guard. I am your light. I am your salvation. I am your strength. I'll never leave you. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, He is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Why? Because he's my ever-present help. My ever-present help in time of trouble. That's why, verse 2, therefore, that's why we will not fear. Therefore will not we fear. Why? God is my refuge and my strength and he's with me. I will not fear though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Not going to move me. That doesn't mean I'm going under. Just because the mountains just fell down and rolled into the sea, I'm still kept. I'm still kept. I'm still preserved. He's with me. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, I won't fear. God keeps me in perfect peace. You see why we need to practice this peace? You see why we need to activate this peace and become, become proficient in guarding our peace? God has given us peace. And, and if we'll allow that peace to have its, its work in our life, we'll end up a lot better off. <laughs> Then if we don't, hallelujah, 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 glory to God. So we see now that even though Jesus said we will have tribulation because we're in this world, we will encounter the difficult times, that does not mean that we are authorized to lose our peace as a result because of the situation. Regardless of the situation. Though the mountains shake and, and melt into the sea. I will not fear. Though a host be encamped round about me. I will not fear. Why? Because he's my ever present help. So we, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. Believe in me. And maintain that shield of faith so that you don't allow your heart to be troubled. Because here's what happens. When people who love God, people who even serve God, people who have a Bible in, in multiple translations, <laughs> but if they allow themselves to let down that shield and they begin to think on things, that are contrary to the peace plan that God has established for us. Allowing the trouble, allowing the worry, allowing the fear, even though it's not God's will, even though it's not God's plan for them, through that worry and through that fear, the enemy has an open door to come in 
and to uh, work in that person's life. Not you, that person, because you, you're not that person. Not you. You're not that person. You're the person who keeps your mind stayed on the Lord. You're trusting in Him. You, you are not allowing your heart to be troubled. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4 and verse 6 and 7. And I'm going to actually use the Amplified on this one. Philippians 4, 6 and the Amplified. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Just go ahead and put that one on your refrigerator. Right there where you can see it every day in the morning. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Do you see how, how widespread it covers everything in your life? No anxiety at all. It is not a part of my day, my thought patterns. Anxious thoughts are not allowed. They are not on my Philippians 4 list of whatsoever things are good and lovely and, and uh, honest and just. And if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Anxious thoughts are not on my list. So I'm not thinking them. Do not have any anxiety about anything. But what do you do? We're going to have troubles. That doesn't mean we lose our peace. What do we do? In every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving. Not, not prayers that are desperate. Oh, God. Prayer with thanksgiving is, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I pray for this situation, and I thank you, Lord, that you have heard me, and you always hear me, and you have answered my... This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and we know if he hears us, we have the petition we have, requ we have requested. 1 John chapter 5 tells us. So this confidence, this thanksgiving, he said, don't worry about it. Pray about it. And don't pray about, oh, I'm going to pray about that. Meaning, I'm just, oh, Lord. No, deal with it in prayer. Pray the answer. Don't pray the problem. Pray the answer. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have. So when you're dealing with, it said, in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, go to God with the, with the request for the answer that his word says belongs to you. And then it says continue to make your wants known to God. So we're not praying the problem. We're praying our desire. How we want that situation to turn. And God's peace shall be yours. Or you could say that peace that's in your spirit. The fruit of the spirit will begin to operate. Or it will have its flow. So if you maintain this, it's always working. That peace, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your heart and your mind. 
That's, we, want the, we want the guard set up. This is how you have the protection of peace. You refuse anxious thoughts. You deal with it in prayer. You go to the Father. You talk to your Father about it. You come away with His answer to it. That's trust. Believe in God. Believe in me. Keep your heart and your mind stayed on Him because you're trusting in Him. So instead of worrying, go to God. Trust in God. Believe in God. Request from God. And the peace will mount a garrison, a guard, a protection over your heart and your mind. Hallelujah. We need that garrison. We need that guard over the mind. We need to teach our children how to have the guard over their mind. We need to teach our grandchildren how to have the guard over their mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, this, it's not just the heart. He said the peace will protect your mind. Because that's what the enemy, he has to use. He can't get to a believer's heart without going through the mind. We know his method of operation. The Bible says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, his schemes, his strategies, the way he attacks. We know because the scripture shows us how he attacked Eve and how he attacked Jesus. And that's the same method he uses for every believer. He comes with thoughts. Did God say if you're really the son of God, if you're really saved, if you're really healed, if this, if this, if this, if this, bringing those thoughts that try to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The weapons of my warfare will protect that, that shield of faith, protecting those thoughts from having an entrance into my heart. Hallelujah. We've got to guard our hearts and guard our minds. Guard our hearts and guard our minds. That's our part. Refuse the anxious thought so that this peace can work to guard our heart and guard our mind. Look with me at Proverbs 4, 23. I'm going to wind it up. We talk about guarding the heart here. Guarding the heart. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. My center column reference says, above all, keeping your heart. Above all. Like this is vital. This is vital. Above all, keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Out of your heart flow the issues of life. Out of your heart... Your, not your physical heart. We're talking about your spiritual heart, your spirit. Out of, it, without the flows of the life of God, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the meekness, the, the, the flow of the, the spiritual life and character of God in us, we've got to guard the heart because that's where they come from. That's where God, the, the Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That's where God's communicating with us. That's where the life is flowing from. 
So we've got to keep our heart. The word keep means to continue having or holding, to watch over, to defend. And it also means, it means to defend, and it also means to maintain in an orderly condition. To maintain in an orderly condition. So your heart doesn't need to be cluttered or troubled. Hallelujah. Let me just pop through a, a couple of indicators here where that's concerned. Proverbs 12, 25. Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of a man makes it stoop. I wonder if you could help me with the amplified. I wonder if the amplified would help us with, with that. Heaviness in the heart of a man makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. Ooh, we amplified says anxiety. Anxiety in the heart of in a man's heart weighs it down. Anxiety weighs down the heart. What are you supposed to be guarding? The heart. If you will refuse to be anxious, the peace of God will, will mount up and give you a supernatural protection over your heart and your mind. Proverbs 15, 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Can you show me that one in the Amplified? Just for a comparison. Uh, uh, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The Amplified says... A glad heart. A glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but sorrow of the heart, uh, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Proverbs, same chapter, verse 15. 15, 15 of Proverbs. All the days of the afflicted are evil, <laughs> but he that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. All the days of the afflicted. The Amplified says... All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. So it, it doesn't have to be evil for that person, but because of what they're thinking on, they are despondent and afflicted, it says, by anxious thoughts and dread. Foreboding is a dread. Forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. That's us. That's us. We are the ones who have a glad heart and a continual feast. Luke 21. Luke 21. Jesus is teaching. And he's teaching about the heart. And we know that just by the fact that Jesus in every time he ever talked about the heart it was always about the spirit of man although it may apply to the natural heart in its context it would also be applicable for us to look at this as the spiritual heart Luke 21 and verse 26 Jesus warns us of things in the last days 21 26 men's hearts failing them for fear. Again, a spiritual. What are we supposed to be guarding? Our heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Men's hearts failing them 
for fear. If a person, if a believer's heart is practicing fear, it's weakening that heart, the spirit. It's weakening, it's draining the life force of God from that person. Their spiritual strength, their spiritual ability is going to be limited because fear is, is voiding out. It's, it's, it's negating the faith that they're trying to put in. I'm trying to believe God. I'm trying to believe God. And, but they're practicing the fear. It says men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things that are coming on the earth. That's dread. That's the foreboding. Things that haven't even happened. But they're looking at things that are going to happen. And they're fearing it. Same chapter, verse 34. Jesus said, so you take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so, so that that day come upon you unaware. He says, don't be over, like don't allow your heart to be overcharged. Overcharged. The Amplified uses overburdened and distressed. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Take heed to yourself lest at any time your heart be distressed. Overburdened. Hallelujah. The Weiss translation says their hearts are weighed down. Weighed down with the anxieties pertaining to the affairs of life. Well, that's what Jesus was teaching when he was talking about the, the parable of the sower and the thorny ground. The cares of this world were choking out as well as the desire for other things choking out. Well, Jesus is saying the same thing here overcharged, distressed, overburdened hearts with the cares of this world, the worries. Hallelujah. We are instructed to maintain our heart. And nobody else can do it for you. As your pastor, I'd love to be able to just pray over you and fix it. But it's our mind that allows the right thoughts or disallows them. It's, it's keeping our mind stayed on the Lord so that that strength in our heart can be protected and maintained. Amen? Praise God. You remember what Jesus said to the woman who was healed of the... Uh, the, the infirmity of her blood he said go into peace and be continually healed and made whole go in peace the amplified says go into peace and wow he was i'm telling her how to how to be in perfect peace go into peace and be continually healed and made whole hallelujah so that Condition of wholeness is connected to my maintaining the peace of God. Hallelujah. Just lift your heart as you lift your hands. Open your heart to the Lord and just say this with me. Father, Father 
I submit myself to you to become more skilled in casting down imaginations, casting every care, recognizing anything that violates my peace, and resisting it in Jesus' name. I ask you, help me gain control over my thoughts so that no anxious thoughts are allowed in my mind. In Jesus' name. He'll help you. You've asked him, he'll help you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I believe we've fed on the